Hi, everybody. How's it going? Oh, wait, these are local Emmys behind me. They don't count. Uh, <laughs> good. Oh, my God. Welcome to EW's Binge Community, where we're taking a deep dive into the cult classic comedy. I'm Derek Lawrence. And I'm Chancellor Agard. Chance, we made it. We're seniors. Uh, today, we're talking season four, um, which I know is a, is a complicated uh, season to talk about for fans. Um, commonly known as as the gas leak year, um, but we're still we're still going deep on it uh, on this episode. We're completists, we're completists. Yeah, yeah we yeah, absolutely. I, I I never I never liked when people were like, oh, just skip this season, or oh, you can start at season two for a show. I'm like, nope, gotta see it all. Um, so and we're, that's what we're doing. So on this episode, we're actually joined by not one but two of our favorite Greendale alums. We have Jim Rash and Joel McHale. Um, which is obviously great because the Jeff Dean relationship is one of the best on the show, one of the funniest, um, and they were great together. Um, so we're looking forward to sharing that conversation with you. But, I mean, let's get to a chance. Season four, obviously Dan Harmon, the creator, is not involved. Um, they bring in some new writers, some new showrunners. Um, for you, what's your memory of season four? Do you – was it – as bad as you remembered was it better than you remembered um what 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 did you think i i but i, I remember when it aired though and being very sort of disappointed i guess in what it was i guess or what that season was like and so when i was rewatching i mean i don't i mean it's still not not great it's definitely a fall down for the show a fall for the show but i mean i think i mean i did find stuff to like you know i mean there's no getting around it and like you know joel really talks specifically about this and he's like hey you know if you like, if you liked the show that season, like, thank you. But like, you know, it's pretty obvious that it wasn't the same and that the cast members felt that. And, but yeah, like you said, I think there's still some quality stuff in here. Um, we'll get into it later with Jim and also on our, in our own conversation. Uh, Jim wrote an episode here, Basic Human Anatomy, which is, I think, I would honestly say is maybe one of my favorite episodes in the whole series. Like, I think it's really well done. Um, obviously, there's a reason why Jim Rash is an Oscar winner. Um, the man, the man can write. Um, so there's still stuff to like, even if it's not, um, the community that we grew to love in those first three seasons. So like I said, me and Chance will be back to talk a little bit more about season four. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, before that, let's go to our conversation with, uh, Jim and Joel. As a reminder, this interview was recorded via Zoom because of the quarantine. Today we're talking season four, and with us today we have uh, Joel McHale, who played Jeff Winger, and Jim Rash, who played Indeed Pelton. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, thanks. And, thanks uh, for having us. What uh, we're talking season four, so like for you guys, what uh, what comes to mind first when thinking of season four? <laughs> well, you want to take this one, Jim? <laughs> well, I mean, season four was obviously an interesting season for us. Uh, we were without Dan for this season. I would say it was a little bit of a challenge only because you you sort of relied on 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 basically Dan who mm-hmm. uh, along with the writers all the writers uh, had a very distinct understanding of of the story and the characters of community not that not that the writers did not during season 4 by any means but you know you could you can't not feel a difference with any show any show that's had a graduation of staff or a graduation of uh, to a new showrunner, if someone went on to develop a new show, uh, that that's a that's a difficult task for anyone to um, take on. Congratulations, it's me. Oh, I see we've all reinvented ourselves over the summer. 
A little late to the hipster party much? A little much on the much much? There are certain shows that uh, need the person that created them to be with the show. There's very good examples of that, like Breaking Bad, Arrested Development, Vampire Diaries, or even X-Files, Chris Carter, and you, the person creates, has the culture in their brain, and the characters are their moms and dads and children and aunts and uncles and friends. And uh, the season definitely lost that magic part of it. And yes, there was, uh, I thought Jim's episode was particularly a particular standout in the whole thing. Uh, and I think that Megan Gantz also, who uh, obviously has gone on to do some great things, uh, she really was a savior that season for the writing. And uh, so I know it sounds, for those of you that enjoyed the fourth season, hey, thank you so much. And uh, I hope it doesn't look like we're sitting here complaining about the show that we were on. No, not at all. Uh, but it, when you're in it, it is definitely, um, you. it's your job and it takes up a lot of hours. And yeah, you're paid well for it, but that doesn't uh, mean you don't want to make great stuff. And uh, so in a, that was a very long way of saying when... Dan came back in season five. It, uh, that's what the, why this season has been referred to as the gas, gas leak season. And uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's still, there's still some really good laughs, I think. And, For and sure. if, you, if you enjoy the series and enjoy the four seasons just as much, then uh, please tell me to shut up. But uh, that's being in it, it, that's, it was a very different feeling. Yeah. I mean, I think, and Joel, you brought you brought up Jim's episode. Uh, that was one that we wanted to talk about because because it is a standout for, from the season. Uh, Jim, curious. I mean, uh, I would love we love to hear sort of how I guess how you came to write an episode that season. Was it something that you pitched the producers on? Did they come to you? How did that all come together? You know, the, early on when we first started the season, uh, uh, they had asked me if I'd be interested in writing one, and. Uh, to be quite honest, it was interesting journey for what became what I think was called basic human anatomy. I had sort of, sort of started to pitch this idea and it was a story that I started to formulate and it completely just as stories sometimes do just fell apart. It wasn't, it wasn't strong enough for an episode. And so I went in with the writers and, you know, there's lots of stuff, uh, left over. I mean, Dan would probably have, and all the writers had like just tons of like one word, two word, three word, long ideas for episodes that sit there and some will never get written. You know, I think Dan would joke, some would, they'd come back to and, and leave. And one thing that was uh, talked about is uh, the desire to figure out a, a good storyline to break break up Troy and Britta to, um, to, to end that relationship. And one of the things that was up there was just the, I think it was just the, Freaky Friday was up on the board. And so along with Megan and all the writers there, uh, we were talking about uh, the body switch idea, like how, Troy's inability to to break up and what that could be like. So really it started with a, basically Freaky Friday and then a, a task, which was break up Troy and Breda. I was going to say, I mean, that episode has to walk a really fine line between making the body swap funny and work, but then also staying true to sort of the emotional story there, which is Troy working through his feelings to be able to break up with Britta. I, yeah. guess, how, I guess how hard, I guess how hard was it or figuring out that balance and making that work? It all, the, the, the main conceit of it 
mm-hmm. uh, fell on Danny and Donald's shoulders, which was to do basically play each other. And they both did it quite brilliantly. You know, uh, they know each other so well. They had sort of picked up on each other's mannerisms for each character. That's part of the, the challenge. And obviously they, they made that happen. But I think that at the core, if you stick with the emotional idea that Troy cannot say the words and in an act of desperation, uh, basically convinces Abed that they've switched bodies, basically Abed realizes what Troy is asking him to do. And then in front of Britta, Britta starts to realize what Abed is doing for his friend. And ultimately, Troy obviously says, I have to grow up, you know, with the help mm. of, of Jeff and switch back and, and, and be a man in this moment. And so it was, it's, it, the emotional core of that story allows the concept to, to help it along without being a spoof. And then we were able to have fun with the stupidity of switching bodies by having the Dean just pretend like he switched bodies with Jeff for no apparent reason other than to have a speech where he said that Jeff was inside of him. And I really think that was the way to have the lunacy and also have the heart at the same time with the same, with the same concept, you know. I wish I had my own body back. <gasps> Sorry, routine light switch check. The teen pretending to switch with Jeff was was so funny. And this season mm-hmm. featured a lot of, that was just one moment between uh, Jeff and the Dean in this season. And obviously like that dynamic between those two characters became such a great part of the show. Uh, what did you guys always enjoy about uh, putting uh, the Dean and Jeff in these situations and kind of getting more and more absurd with it as you went? That progressed obviously in, with any characters as, as a show starts uh to age like like a wine the characters begin to get you get to know the characters and uh jim jim's portrayal of the dean uh jim i'm gonna compliment you so please oh, plug i can't your wait for this headphones. i think that i'm recording uh he i always say he's rumpelstiltskin where he can spin where there is no laughs he will spin them and they all of a sudden something will be funny and it doesn't make any sense that it was because it was it did not appear to be there before and then out of nowhere and uh it was one of my favorite things when the dean would come in and find a way to touch me mm-hmm. and <laughs> uh it was I, I don't know what season that started do you jim it started i don't know exactly but it was pretty early on jim you'll know better than me there was such a quick joke but it was such a perfect joke for their relationship where i I'm in a hurry and I walk by the door of his office and I'm like, Dean, I need you. And then you just go, finally. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Shut the, I need you. It's happening. Shut the door. What? Hmm? Dean, I need you to give this DVD to Troy and Abed. Shut the door. <laughs> Shut the door. Like, like it was, he was so ready to, to like, I was like, finally, Jeff uh, yeah. decided to give this a try. And it yeah. was just such, it was just too... I mean, it's one sentence and like just barely any words. And I love mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I just loved it. So when you and then you saw the way like you see Jim in the uh, the Apocalypse Now episode and then you can see Jim's insane range, which really pisses me off. And, uh, <laughs> and but it, it, the best part of one of the best parts about the Dean is that his wardrobe was possibly the finest on the show. Yeah, and well, Jim got to take all that home. I Just take it all really home. I, nice I, stuff. 
I was going to wear one for this one, but you know, I don't know. It's just weird. They're the Smithsonian, yeah. right? Yeah. They're on loan. They're on loan right now. <laughs> it's Feline AIDS Awareness Day, folks. So let's whip it in the keister. <laughs> Guys, Greendale's music department is flat. Baroque. <laughs> so we are having a fundraiser. What's Dean got to do with it? <laughs> Why, it's time to Tina Turner the clocks ahead. Happy daylight savings. Jim's character was so important. The same way that Abed was kind of Dan's brain, Jim's character was this anchor of the school, and so many of the plot lines were kicked off by him and okay, controlled better. by him. And and it was, it was, I don't know what character to compare it to in, in any other show. Uh, but boy, it was so much fun. And Joe, I mean, at the top of this, you mentioned how there were, uh, how, yes, this was a difficult season for you guys and before it was, but in, in there, there were some laughs, some good laughs. I mean, I guess looking back at the season, what are the, um, after Basic Human Anatomy, the one that after Jim's episode, are there, what are the other episodes that come to mind that you look back? On fondly, uh, Megan wrote the finale of season four, which was the darkest timeline, and Jeff is graduating. And I thought that, and the everyone faces off against their darkest timeline was was it felt very you could feel the the percolating uh, presence of Dan, and then also I feel like um, uh, what was the one? Remember when you guys took? Um, Malcolm McDowell hostage for a grade. It was another a good bottle episode. I thought it was in your apartment. Yeah. Do you remember that? And the, Christmas, the Christmas episode. Yes, uh, which I think is Andy Bobro maybe as well. Yeah. But but uh, so those are two that stick out to me that I thought uh, a great bottle episodes that utilized the core. Was cast. that the one where we had that uh, Warner in the beginning where we were putting up decorations in yes. my apartment? Yes. Yeah, that yes. was. That was yes. either going to take two days to shoot or an hour, and it we did it twice flawlessly. Yeah, I think it which was, was which is where you know I've Warner for those of you watching. Uh, it's just <laughs> one shot that take and it lasted two and a half minutes, and it was very well choreographed. And if anybody screwed up, then you would have to be started we over do it. again. And uh, so I'm just saying ours was better than 1917. Yeah, I think, I think uh, yeah, I think Goodfellas was jealous of it. The Tristram Shapiro mm -hmm. did that one, I believe. Yes, he directed numerous episodes that and a year. great man great and man. a very nice guy. A silly, silly accent, but a really God. great guy. I know, he needs to get rid of it. He he just thinks it's attractive. Hello, Dan. Hello, 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 Hi. Joe. My name's Bill Sykes. <laughs> he would always oh. introduce himself as Bill Sykes. I don't yeah, know why. The, I haven't sat and really watched them again. I think it's because it's like, uh, uh, it's like your, it, it's, uh, I have like empty nest syndrome with the show. So I don't, it's hard for me to go look back at photos, like photos of when you're like kids are little. You're oh, like, yeah. Oh, they're so cute and I love them at that age. It hurts to, to, because you want that time again. And yeah, uh, so you do. Now that I've been on other shows, you realize, well, and especially because the show went six years, but the uh, the specialness of the relationships, especially with that group, was pretty remarkable. You you mentioned, you know, you haven't rewatched really the seasons, but season four specifically, 
kind of finally paid off the buildup of, of Jeff and his dad, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you meeting, uh, we meet James Brolin and Adam Devine uh, as your brother. Um, what did you like about, from what you remember, kind of finally exploring that relationship for Jeff? Well, I was just happy to meet James Brolin. Uh, <laughs> and then Adam Devine, I've got, I got to know him. So that was really cool. Uh, it's fun. I, um, it's funny because I think Dan and I could be talking out of turn here. I don't think Dan ever wanted to actually him to actually uh, be a character. Uh, his dad, act, well, that we'd actually meet his dad. So actually, mm. so I'm not. I could be talking out of turn here. So please, but I think he wanted him to be like Godot kind of. So, uh, but I will say that James Brolin is an incredibly nice man, and uh, his son is a terrible actor and not successful. <laughs> Uh, oh wait, he's done. Okay. And, uh, no, but, uh, it was that, that episode was the funniest person. I mean, Adam Devine is so funny. And, uh, and then you had Gillian in that, all those scenes too. And I thought they're neat. They need to do a romantic comedy cause they're so funny together. But, um, yeah, we didn't really go back to any of that once, once that, that had had happened and that stuff got worked out, then Dan did not go back to it in season five. And, uh, but I thought James Brolin was a really nice guy. I don't think he, I think he later said it in an interview, like I didn't really get the show, but my daughter <laughs> wanted me to be in it. And I was like, eh, I understand that. That's pretty cool. I don't know what these kids are listening to these days, but if it makes them happy, but he was a super nice man. So, uh, how about we make a couple of ground rules? Actually, that sounds good. Okay. No hugs. Wouldn't want one. No apologies. Wouldn't accept one. No calling you dad. No expectations. No BS. I think we'll be, that's a, there's, I think that, that was the last part of that. And then I, I don't think, I think we made a big deal about, um, uh, in season four of me moving next door to Jeff and that sort of, <laughs> that, right. that was never mentioned again. I think I, I pop into his <laughs> apartment in the, that's episode we mentioned, the Christmas, uh, yeah. Malcolm McDowell one. And that was it for that. <laughs> well, it, I mean, I mean, it is sort of interesting to see what did carry over from that season, like uh, like Abed getting a girlfriend coming back in season, uh, Brie Larson coming back in season five, yeah. which I thought, which I liked, and I was it was interesting to see we watching to see which elements still managed to sort of survive mm-hmm. the ghastly year and which ones did it. I, I guess wrapping up that I feel like it got it got mentioned earlier, but I feel like we can't not talk about the deans costumes and his outfits i mean they were so i think it came up when we were talking to vet and ken they were recalling i think it was the clip episode where jim Mm. you just had to film like a bunch of like costume changes in a row um for you guys was there one that stuck out that you always you know maybe for how ridiculous it was or just the the dedication was there one dean outfit that really stuck out amongst them all i mean all of those were always a joy for me i mean i think i think just based on construction and concept where i was half man half woman was probably one of the more like i mean that was an involved piece just the 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 fact that they had created this half dress half suit with a whole dean outfit uh was quite amazing and i think actually we i put it back on for season four speaking of season four we did that little fake uh sitcom opening when we were a multicam now uh, I think I put it back on for that that episode, but uh, yeah, I mean, shooting the what I think that was season two or two, maybe where it was where you guys went to Universal and we shot all those things, those flashback yeah, episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I, think it, I think it was two. That was where the majority of it. I will say, just uh, 
in the fun fact slash not fun fact of season four, I guess. But I mean, I wore a ton of costumes in season four and I do, I do know that, you know, one of the big things about uh, season five was the, the first episode called repilot and Dan was, you know, sort of wanting to reestablish the world for a host of reasons because Jeff Winger had graduated. Um, but also I, I don't think season five, I think I maybe wore one, you know, it was sort of like a, wanting to get back to things. Cause you know, the Dean was much more than just, just costumes, but that was a big yeah. part of it. And I loved putting them on. So that, that is not a negative for me, but one of my favorites was the, you were like, like Lucille Ball, like your black and yeah. white television <laughs> character. Yeah, that was season four. Yeah, I wore yeah. all, I couldn't touch anything. I was completely made up to look like I was in black and white. And that was incredible. Basically, I enjoyed the days of getting to dress up and put a ton of makeup on because the normal makeup they put me on and my clothes, I had basically two pairs of pants and maybe five shirts for the whole six season run as the Dean. And the, just so and, you know, Jim cares about clothes the way I care about clothes, yeah, and I'm saying I, this honestly. So he'd come in in the same. Honest. Oh, he looked. I mean, it was the perfect Awful. outfit, but Awful. no, I look. Uh, I look at the show now, and I'm like, good lord. <laughs> it was in the best and, possible you know, way. I think because Jim wasn't on per like when you first signed on, you were like a guest star in the pilot. Yeah, right. For, I guess and then, yeah. Then you basically were a guest star for years because at some one point you were like, you know, I want to have my options open. And then it was like, hey, I need to be a series regular, which he did because he had so, you know, he was he had such he, he was a huge part of every episode. So uh, that's why Jim now uh, owns most of West Hollywood. He's very rich. Yes. He owns I don't, more property than the Scientologists. It's so great. I don't live in West Hollywood, but I own it. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> want to. Yeah. You don't get high on your own supply then. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Thank you to Jim and Joel both for joining us. Um, Joel, you know, pulled double duty having already talked season one with us and clearly it was important to him um, to talk about season four and, and beyond with Jim. So we appreciate both of them taking the time. Um, Chance, uh, we talked a little bit at the top about season four. It's not the same community from seasons one through three, but what, uh, other than Dan Harmon not being there or the quality not being the same, what comes to mind first uh, when we're thinking of season four? I don't know. I felt like this show was in the season, the season environment of the show trying to be what they thought community was, you know? Um, I never felt like they, the thing about Dan Harmon, Dan, Harmon so, Dan Harmon's voice is so specific, you know? And I think it's, there are bit, there, there are times I feel like they're trying to do their own thing. At times I feel like they're just trying to mimic what they thought community was. Um, 
and you talk about this, we talked about this episode a lot um, on the with Joel and Jim, but I think, as you said, basic human anatomy, I think, is the stand on the episode. I think it's uh, a mix, a good mix of both worlds. Um, I think it makes the uh, body swap premise work as well as it possibly could in a show like me that's still no matter how goofy it gets based in reality. Um, and that's why, I mean, that's my favorite episode of the season, I think. Um, the one that I remember uh, when I look back on this one, I guess. I'm out of here. There you go. My work here is done. You're one and two again. Now you can direct your anger and resentment at each other. Congrats. Classic wrap-up. Shut up, Leonard. I've got a picture of your old nose. It was a lateral move. Dean. Dean. Annie. Why is this happening? Well, yeah, when, when we were deciding on what our favorite episodes were at each season, we went out of our way to always pick um, different episodes just so we could, you know, not sit here and just talk about one episode. We could spotlight a few. Um, but we decided pretty quickly with season four, it's basic human, human anatomy. Like, that's the one. There's really no other pick for the best episode. And like you said, there's some hilarious moments in here. You know, like you said, it's the, the whole concept is uh, Troy and Abed, you know, do the Freaky Friday switch. And then there's some funny stuff there, but then there's also some funny stuff with the Dean uh, pretending that him and Jeff also uh, did the body switch. Um, and his impersonation of, uh, of Jeff is just incredible. Um, I mean, good for Jim Rash. He pulled off his shirt at one point and he, he had some abs there. He, he, uh, he, he was working out for that episode. Um, so there's great stuff there. But then also it's just the emotions in that. And like you really felt it in the mm-hmm. uh, Britta Troy breakup, and you know that uh, basically this was Troy orchestrating all this just because he was afraid of having to do what he knew he had to do, and which was break up with Britta. And just the emotion and the heaviness of that um, really was one of the most emotional um, moments of the show in its whole run for me. First, the easiest part because it's the most obvious. I'm sorry. I think I proved today that I'm not ready for this. I wanted it to work. It did. I care about you so much, and I love being around you. I just think I'm better as your friend. I Personally, the, the Troy-Britta pairing, I never was a fan of it or bought it, really. Um, so for them to take this relationship that I, I mean, I think probably most people would agree they weren't that invested in, and do something like this with the ending, it made that whole um, storyline worth it just for the yeah. payoff of the breakup. Going into, going into season four, I was interested in seeing how that relationship played out. Um, it's weird that like it was a kind of a big part of the season and then it stopped being important. I think we never got to see enough of it for me to care about it one, and, and then to care about it one way or another. And then I think this episode is sort of works in spite of that, though, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I said, well, we're not going to go too deep on any other episodes here just because, like we said, it's it's not the same show. There's not as many standouts, but we're going to continue. There's still some great stuff being done by the actors. Um, for our MVP of the season, we, we went with Joel McHale for a few reasons. A, and this is clear in some of the conversations we had with the cast, um, Joel was pretty instrumental in uh, making sure Dan could come back and that Dan would come back for season five and then s- subsequently season six. Um, so, I mean, we owe him a debt of gratitude just for that. Um, but then a lot of Jeff's arc throughout the show leading up to this season had been his uh, lack of relationship with his father. And that we finally get a payoff to that in the episode uh, Cooperative Escapism and Familial Relations, 
which you had mentioned, it's a Thanksgiving episode. And James Brolin guest stars as his father. Adam uh, Devine comes in as his brother. Um, what stood out for you um, from that episode or just about what Joel um, kind of was doing in, in this season and that episode particularly? It's better than I remember. I, I completely forgot how I did I did like it. Um, just because I think it worked emotionally. It was nice to get the, the, get that closure on that bit. It, the Adam Devine stuff, I could have gone either way on. Um, but I think Joel just like made that storyline work. Uh Especially, especially because of his chemistry with Brenna, who is also there and intruding on it um, and trying to do her psychiatrist thing, or her therapist thing. Um, and the Brenna and Jeff Perry always, is always great as well. Drink scotch. 18. Meat. I just want to acknowledge that there are a lot of emotions flowing right now. And you two are probably feeling a strong impulse to sleep with each other. And hey, that's normal. I mean, you mentioned, uh, we mentioned James Rowland and Adam Devine are both in this episode. I will say season four did have an impressive guest roster. Uh, you know, we mentioned those two, Fred Willard, Giancarlo Esposito, Trish, Trisha Helfer, uh, Luke Perry, Brie Larson, Malcolm Adal. There's a lot of great people um, that, that show up in season four, um, including, this wasn't his first time, but in our B student corner, the uh, supporting character that we wanted to highlight was Magnitude, uh, Pop Pop. Played by uh, Luke Youngblood, Pop Pop. I mean, uh, the, the great thing watching rewatching, Pop Pop never doesn't make everyone happy. Like I, remember, <laughs> I think there was even a paintball episode where everyone was like super sad, and he just like gives a dying Pop Pop, and then just like everyone's like cheering, and it, it everyone gets excited again. But this episode, this season, he had a good episode where the dean's trying to lure this rich uh, student, prospective student Archie, um, who shows up and loves uh pop pop so much that he he wants it to be his all right mm -hmm. and uh that leads to the dean saying magnitude can't have it anymore and you know then we see magnitude just doesn't know what to do he's up yeah. all night trying to come up with the new catchphrase i think one he says is like diggity do like asking <laughs> how that works i've been up all night trying out new catchphrases diggity do that's why i picked him for the season was because of that one bit of him not having Pop Pop and just how dejected and confused he seemed to try to figure out what his next, uh, what his bit would be. Um, and again, yeah, I mean, Pop Pop, it's, it's again, it's like, it's like one of those jokes that like shouldn't work as often as it does, but it does. It's just so stupid. I don't know. Speaking, speaking of jokes that are stupid, but still work well, this is one not related to magnitude that is personal to you that I wanted to shout out and, and make you happy. Troy, uh, when Jeff disses the Germans in one of the episodes, those German students, uh, Troy says, someone must have changed the channel to USA because I just watched a burn notice. Um, Dude, oh, <laughs> iconic line. Iconic line. I knew, I knew that would make you happy, even more happy than, than Pop Pop makes everyone else. So I had to give you that. Um, at least we got that gem out of season four. I'm not here to argue, Angela Jerkles. Beat it. Oh, someone must have changed the channel to USA because I just watched a burn notice. Well, that's it on season four. Like I said, you know, like I said, mixed bag, you know, not the not peak community, but it still is community. So so we went in on it. Um, that's all the time we have today. You've heard all our thoughts about how much we love this show. If you want to share yours, you can find me on Twitter at Chancellor Agard. And me at Derek J. Lawrence. 
Thanks so much for listening. And remember to subscribe to EW's Binge wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode. But please tune in to the next episode. Uh, we'll be talking season five with uh, Danny Pudi, uh, Abed himself. Uh, but until then, class dismissed.